Welcome to Treasure Valley Podcast, a Lower Gentry Studios production. I'm your host, Chuck Onoctane. This episode is sponsored by the film We Speak, a moving relationship drama. We Speak follows a young couple on New Year's Eve as they make an important decision that will affect the rest of their lives. We Speak is available to rent or stream on Amazon. It's free for Prime members. When you watch it, be sure to rate it. Positive reviews give independent artists firmer footing in Amazon's streaming environment. Help small artists compete with those big dogs. Unless you're a fan of big dogs, another analogy might be help small independent films compete with bland, large-budget productions that have no long-term value because they're simply compilations of unrelated ideas that give their audiences good feelings but will eventually be forgotten in five years. There you go. Welcome back. Each week this year seems to get a little crazier than the last Hopefully, the curve of intensity will flatten here shortly. Today, I want to talk to you about some really interesting research behind prejudice. But before I do, let me update you on what's happening in the Treasure Valley. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on in the Treasure Valley? Public pools are beginning to open in the Treasure Valley. Unfortunately, social distancing guidelines aren't guaranteed to prevent you from swimming through someone else's pee. Nampa is close to joining Boise and Meridian in the 100,000 population club, which is really only significant to those who use a base 10 number system. According to a report by the Idaho Press, small meat producers are doing well during the coronavirus pandemic, but large meat producers are struggling. You may have noticed beef and pork prices have been climbing, but if you ask your local butcher about vole and squirrel meat, you can get a hell of a deal right now. Middleton School District Superintendent, Dr. Reberry, I think it's pronounced Reberry. It looks like to rebury something, as in the fruit. Dr. Reberry resigned this week after just 10 months on the job. It was discovered Dr. Reberry was unaware living in Middleton was not mandatory to her position. This week, the Nampa police required the SWAT team to remove a domestic violence suspect from his home. Initially, the Karma police arrived on the domestic call, but were unable to deploy the backhanded SWAT team due to a simultaneous deployment to John McEnroe's residence on behalf of a tennis ball. Also this week in Nampa, 65 cats were removed from a residence by police and the West Valley Humane Society. The owner of the residence was unavailable for comment because she was out getting more cats. Okay, 65 cats is a lot of cats, but is it really too many? We have a song here to help you know when you should stop hoarding felines. Please don't have too many cats. Too many cats doesn't make any sense. How many cats is too many cats? Here is someone to answer that. That sounds like too many cats. Now this song doesn't make any sense. Corn cob, duct tape, old houseboat, ice cube, tabletop, sticky beef frost. Meow, 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 meow. If you need a moment to absorb that, feel free to hit the pause button. I'm just going to move on. With all that's happening in this country, it got me to thinking about why are we prejudiced? 
I scoured the internet for reputable sources and came up with some interesting history and psychological studies. I'm going to share those right now. I am better than you. In-group. In-group is any group with which you identify. It could be related to your ethnicity. It could be related to your hobbies. It could be related to your taste in art. But it's likely a combination of many of these things and changes depending on your social situation. Out-group is any group with which you do not identify. And finally, minimal group paradigm is the minimal condition required for discrimination to occur. I'll put more context to these ideas in a minute or two, but first, human beings love to categorize. You know the difference between a pizza and its box quickly, even if you're given a pizza that has toppings you've never seen before. It's likely a basic feature of consciousness. Even our pets can do it. When your dog knows how to play fetch with a ball, you don't have to reteach the entire process when you come home with a new tennis ball of a different color. Your dog has a ball category in its brain, and it's immediately ready to play. A vast majority of our categorizations are completely innocuous. Cup, stove, computer, chair. But when we apply this innate drive to categorize towards other human beings, that's when problems start to arise. Henry Teifel was arguably the first psychologist to hypothesize that prejudice is a part of human nature. And he proved that people behave preferentially to those with whom they identify, even when those distinctions are drawn recently and are completely arbitrary. A bit of history behind Teufel's drive to understand prejudice. He was born in Poland in 1919. He left for France to study chemistry as a young man and volunteered in the French army at the onset of World War II. While fighting the Nazis, he was captured and imprisoned. He survived the war in various prisoner of war camps. But when he returned home to Poland, Eventually, he found that his immediate family and most of his friends had been murdered in the Holocaust. Psychological consensus at that time was that extreme prejudice only occurred in individuals with authoritarian personality types. Teufel didn't think this explanation fit. As there was such a large number of Germans that supported the Nazi party, he felt prejudice was ubiquitous in humanity, so he set out to prove it. In the 1970s, Teufel completed a set of experiments that supported his intuition. In the first experiment, he brought 64 high school-age boys into his lab and told them he would be judging their ability to estimate. He briefly showed each subject an image with a large number of dots and asked them to estimate the number of dots that were presented. After their estimation, the experimenter then told the subject that he was either an overestimator or an underestimator. Now, this is where the experiment gets clever. At the conclusion of their estimations, each subject was instructed to choose a payout for two other participants. The way the payout worked was the subject received a payout matrix. There was a maximum payout amount that they needed to split between two separate participants. For example, you had a $5 reward. You could give each person $250, or you could give one person $5 and the other nothing. The only identifiers given to the two potential payees were overestimator and underestimator. What do you think each boy did? Overall, the boys paid more to those within their arbitrarily designated group. Overestimators assigned more money to other overestimators and vice versa. The boys didn't distribute the money evenly. 
Keep in mind, during this experiment, there was no peer pressure for payment. Each subject was isolated throughout the process, start to finish. They didn't get to see any of the other boys, so they didn't know to whom they were awarding more money, only that they were within their own group. After this initial experiment, in spite of finding evidence supporting his hypothesis, Teufel wasn't satisfied with this initial outcome, so he repeated the experiment with an added dimension. His most famous experiment is known as the Klee-Kandinsky experiment. In this experiment, Teufel again took a group of high school boys and brought them into a lab under the guise of critiquing art. He showed them a series of unsigned, unidentifiable, impressionist paintings by artists Klee and Kandinsky. They were then asked to rate the paintings. Each subject was then randomly told that they preferred either Klee or Kandinsky. Again, after the initial phase, each subject was asked to give a payment to two random participants, one labeled Klee, the other Kandinsky. However, this time, Teufel's payment matrix was a bit more complicated. It had a way to maximize payment for your particular group, but it also had a payment option that would cost your group member money while creating a larger payment disparity. What Teufel wanted to know was would people sacrifice monetary rewards for their group members at the cost of creating greater inequality? A quick explanation of what this looked like, let's say a boy is told he prefers the art of Klee. He then needs to award two other subjects for participating in the experiment. One labeled Klee, the other Kandinsky. One option is equal payment. Another is $3 to the Klee kid, $2 to the Kandinsky kid. Or... The final option might be something like $2 to the Klee kid, but nothing to the Kandinsky kid. What Teufel found was that, in general, these boys chose the option with the greatest disparity in payment, even if it meant their own group members might receive less payment overall. It appeared the boys were more concerned with their group dominating the outgroup. As a result of his research, Teufel created the terms in-group and out-group to describe how these boys decided payment and also coined the term minimal group paradigm. Again, minimal group paradigm is the minimal condition required for discrimination to occur. Teufel showed all people need is an arbitrary distinction and people will inherently act in the benefit of their in-group at the cost of the out-group. But why? Why do we exhibit such prejudice so easily? Teufel and fellow psychologist John Turner later developed the social identity theory to explain why humans behave in this manner. In social identity theory, Teufel and Turner postulate that humans derive a positive self-image from in-group membership. Teufel was influential enough to have an award created in his name by the European Association of Social Psychology. That award was renamed last year because it turns out Teufel was a documented asshole to his female co-workers and was guilty of sexual harassment. On that note... Let me move to another interesting explanation about why we're prejudiced that takes into account evolution. In a survey investigation titled Outgroup Prejudice from an Evolutionary Perspective, author Dr. Serdar Kaya makes the hypothesis that our propensity to distrust outgroup members is rooted in natural selection preferring human tribes that were distrustful. Kaya points out that distrust of other humans was initially key to our survival. Since the earliest evidence of hunter-gatherer humanoid tribes a million years ago, our greatest threat was never large animals. Humans have hunted and continue to hunt the largest animals that exist on this planet. The greatest human threat has always been other humans. 
Dr. Kaya believes distrust of outsiders has been selected by nature for thousands of generations and further believes that humans tend to feel suspicion or distrust when in uncomfortable circumstances. In the paper, he goes on to use existing survey information from Europe to correlate a person's tendency to distrust others to a higher likelihood of exhibiting prejudices of various ethnic groups outside of their own. Here's the way I like to think about it. The tendency to prefer your in-group to an out-group might just be the behavioral equivalent to the appendix at the end of your large intestine. It no longer serves a functional purpose, but can become inflamed and cause a lot of damage. If you're curious about your own possible prejudices or biases, Harvard has an at-home test that you can take yourself on your home PC. Go to implicit.harvard.edu. It's a pretty enlightening series of tests that they have available. I highly suggest you check them out. And with that, we will end with a joke from a hat. Take a joke from a hat when you read it, I'll bet that you make someone laugh. It's a joke from a hat. If something ever happens so fast that it makes your head spin, don't forget to go look for your hat. It probably flew off. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to share with your friends and your family and other people that you don't even know because hell, maybe they'll listen to it too. We'll see you again next week. 